You're listening to CJSW Originals, featuring podcasts created by CJSW members, volunteers, programmers, and community members. For more original podcast series and to listen back to past episodes, go to cjsw.com and click on the podcast tab, or go to the CJSW app and use the talk filter when you search. My name is Jenny Kwong. Welcome to ArchLink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Kauai on Treaty 7 lands and Métis region of Alberta, sections 5 and 6. On today's show, there will be Teresa Wupa talking about the Asian night market as part of Chinook Blast. After is Bianca Miranda talking about her play Kazamata at Lunchbox Theater. And after that is Arun Lycra about his play, Heist at Vertical Theater. So let's get into it. Hi, my name is Jenny Kwong for ArtsLink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. Today I'm speaking with Teresa Wupa about the Asian Heritage Month event at Chinook Blast. So welcome, Teresa. Well, thank you, Jenny. And so, I guess, tell me about the Asian night market that you are putting together for Chinook Blast. Right. Thank you. Uh, so, Chinook Blast is an annual winter festival uh, that transformed Calgary into a vibrant hub of uh, artistic expressions and cultural celebrations. So, Asian Heritage Foundation is very pleased uh, working with our very um, uh, diverse uh, community partners to, be, to uh, put uh, forward a Asian market. Uh, at the City Hall Atrium uh, between February the 9th to the 11th. And uh, it is um, an event where um, uh, you, are, you, know, uh, you have an opportunity to immerse yourself uh, in the rich tap- tapestry of Asian culture uh, in Calgary. So this will be the third year that Asian Heritage Foundation will be part of Chinook Blast. So tell me about what is involved in putting this event together? Well, uh, working closely uh, with the uh, Chinook Blast organizers and our many uh, community partners. So we'll be putting forward um, a very rich, vibrant, uh, dynamic uh, program, uh, um, a market event uh, with vendors uh, and uh, where you can, uh, you, you can expect to find uh, unique finds and um uh and uh you know uh from traditional craft to contemporary um uh you know uh arts and and crafts and jewelry uh and um and clothing uh and uh we will also have a food truck and food vendors uh offering you a taste of the um uh you know delicious and uh, very diverse uh, taste of Asia. Uh, we will also uh, uh, be um, because you know the um, the Asian market uh, is happening during the beginning of the Lunar New Year, uh, uh, which starts on actually February the tenth. So it is a um, a time um, where we celebrate, welcome uh, uh, you know the beginning of um, uh, a new year. 
So it is about hope and light. So we'll continue with the lantern making, where people will have a chance to craft their own lantern uh, in a hands-on uh, workshop. Uh, and learning to make different styles, different kinds of Asian lantern. And then uh, we will actually uh, uh, would like to invite the public uh, to join us in the lantern parade uh, on the opening night, Friday, February the 9th, between 6 to 7 p.m., as well as uh, a family uh, lantern parade on Saturday afternoon between 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, so and there will be many more other kinds of um, crafts and, and Asian games uh, uh, you know, uh, offered by our community partners. Uh, and, and also there will be a, a wide array of uh, performances uh, and uh, for people to enjoy. Uh, some would be interactive and, uh, and some uh, would be uh, opportunity for you uh, to check in and learn more about the Asian culture. Okay, and I guess... Um... Talk a bit more about the performances. There are different uh, groups that will be performing dance as well as music. Yes, there will be uh, music, there will be songs. Uh, we also uh, are organizing, um, you know, singing performances where our diverse audience can partake in. Uh, there will be uh, dances and martial arts demonstration. Uh, so it will be, uh, uh, you know, you really have an opportunity to experience the captivating and diverse uh, uh, culture uh, from Asia. Uh, and uh, um, uh I, uh, the, the, so we'll have performances on the, all three days. Uh, and um, yeah, so that's lots to take in uh, for everyone and, and all ages. Uh, the Asian market is really a great opportunity uh, for uh, people of all backgrounds, all generations, for families and individuals. Uh, we also have designated uh, the uh, evening portion from uh, 7 to 8 p.m., uh, as our youth hour, so uh, so the programming uh, and activities would be designed primarily for younger generations. All right, and I guess um, with this event uh, and it being the start of the Lunar New Year, I guess uh, uh, what are other things that are helping to bring this event together? You're working with various uh, community partners. Right. We're very pleased to work with um, all the Chinook Blast partners. Uh, you know, that's the City of Calgary, Tourism Calgary, and Economic Development, as well as Calgary Arts Development. So um, we're bringing together over 20 uh, uh, community uh, groups uh, uh, in Calgary uh, to organize this uh, uh, Asian market. So like I said, you know, uh, it is really uh, very much about uh, an opportunity to immerse yourself in the rich tapestry of Asian culture. And uh, so uh, it is um, uh, highly, uh, you know, interactive. Uh, you, you, you have a, an, an experience of taste sound and sight of Asia and, uh, and, and, you know, and create connection with the Asian Canadian community here in Calgary. Uh, so I would like to invite you all to come uh, to enjoy the, the performances, to uh, uh, participate in the activities uh, that include, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, commercial and community vendors, uh, performances, uh, there will be a um, uh, there will be uh, arts and craft activities. 
there will be lantern making, there will be a lantern parade led by drummers and dragon dance, uh, and then there will also be um, an opportunity for people to um, uh, show your talent uh, or, you know, your, your different skills. We have uh, people from the community dressed in the traditional uh, dress and, uh, and uh, act models for you to draw. So you can actually bring home uh, an artwork, uh, you know, created by yourself. So there's lots to do and uh, for all ages and all generations. So please come uh, and experience uh, uh, you know, uh, Canada's diverse cultures. All right. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Teresa Wupa, for your time today. I guess thank any you. last words before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, the event is free. It's February the 9th to the 11th. And uh, for further information, please go to asianheritageyyc.ca. Thank you. Right. Thank you. And see you next time. Thank you. Chinook Blast is a festival happening February 2nd to the 19th. Along with the Asian Night Market, there will be music at various locations downtown, including the Big Winter Classic, which is a winter arts and music festival. There will be a One Yellow Rabbit Salon, as well as performances as part of the High Performance Rodeo, and Rock the Nation at the National Music Center on Saturday, January 27th, at 2 p.m. The Ethnic Festival and Arts and Culture event will be at the TELUS Convention Center. It's a festival that celebrates Black History Month with performances and food. Food and drink will be a part of the festival with the return of the YYC Hot Chocolate Festival at cafes and restaurants. There will be Taste the City a scavenger hunt and culinary adventure along Stephen Avenue Mall and other restaurants in the city. There will also be light displays and projection mapping at Olympic Plaza, Reconciliation Bridge, Inglewood, and at the Jack Singer Concert Hall. For more information on this event, visit ChinookBlast.ca. And we'll see you out there. Hi, uh, my name is Jenny Kwong for ArtsLink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. Today, I'm speaking with Bianca Miranda about a play that she wrote for Lunchbox Theater. Welcome, Bianca. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And so I guess tell me the name of your play and what it is about. Yeah, so the play is called Kisap Mata, and it's co-produced by both Chromatic Theatre and Lunchbox Theatre. Um, and the play is about, uh, the play is a love story. So it's um, it's a play that's about the love story of these two women who, um, one of them uh, was born and raised in Canada, and the other one is... Um, in Canada for an internship, so uh, she's here on borrowed time, and they fall in love, and the play kind of takes you through the intimacies and the um, joys and and sorrows of, you know, falling in love and diving in, but, you know, essentially not being able to be together, um, because they just simply can't be, so, yeah. So where does the name come from? I guess you mentioned about a horror film. 
No, kisap <laughs> mata translation is it's a word in Tagalog meaning blink of an eye, and it's inspired by a song actually by a punk band in the Philippines called River Maya, um, and yeah, that's where the name comes from. And so I guess. Uh What is the essence of the name of the play that you're kind of trying to convey through the play? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Kiss Up Mata is a song that I have been singing and loving since I was 12 years old. And it's just something that has stayed with me for a long time. And there's a particular line in the song, I'm going to say it in Tagalog first, which is, Okay, bilis naman. Uh, maglaho ang pag-ibig mo sinta um daig mo pa ang isang kisap mata and it's it's saying that how fast is it is for your love to disappear your 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 comparable or uh to a blink of an eye so You know, there's an inherent drama in the lyrics of this song and uh something that I was really I guess drawn to was, you know, what happens if these two people fall in love and and they only have a a certain amount of time together. Um and like there's something to that that I really um wanted to, I guess like it happens to a lot of people, you know, a lot of um Filipinos uh, work overseas for a borrowed amount of time and um yeah, I guess I'm just kind of wanting to show the joys and sorrows and, and the nuances of what this love story is. Uh, tell me about the relationship between the two women and how it sort of develops over the, uh, during the play. Yeah. yeah um, well, it's a queer Filipino love story. Um, so these two women uh, meet at their workplace and you know, kind of from there, the play shows you vignettes of how they start to fall for each other and like what kind of the hesitance is because, you know, like this other person's only here for a certain amount of time and and it shows you kind of the push and pull of um, this love story. Yeah. Okay. And tell me who are the actors in the play? Yeah, um... Michelle Diaz plays A, and Isabella Pedersen plays B. And so what's it been like working with these two artists? Oh, my goodness. Um, incredible. Um, I just want to shout out that this play has been in workshop for a number of years. So a lot of other actors have had the chance to play the roles of A and B. Um, I want to say their names. Uh, the very first reading on Zoom, uh, Cherise Fulmino and Michelle Diaz did the roles. Um, and then uh, our workshops at Lunchbox Theater, Stage 1 and 2, um, Kathleen Baliangan and Nicole Reyes played the roles. And now I have Michelle Diaz and Isabella, Isabella Pedersen. And honestly, just seeing the way they like bring their full selves into these characters it's truly surreal um we've had a lot of workshops and and some time to ask questions and like really get to know who these people are and again just endless amount of gratitude for for these artists who are 
were so um, open and willing to um, put themselves in these characters. And uh, what are you doing as the dates of the play draw nearer? Oh, <laughs> what am I doing? I um, I'm actually I've actually been away from the rehearsal room. It's it's kind of a an interesting experience for me because I this is my first play that I'm not also performing in. Um, but there's been a lot of uh, there's edits that need to happen in the script, um, which is just inevitable. Um, but also just really really. Wanting for Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex community to know more about the show and be able to come, and obviously everyone else too. But yeah, so a lot of I guess marketing work um, is being done. But I guess on the rehearsal side of things, I know people are very busy in terms of you know like obviously blocking the play, but we've also got a very stacked um, design team. Um, also, just want to shout out their names. Um, so we've got at the helm of it is our director, Gina Puntil. Um, and then we've got Cassie Holmes on set and costume. Sally Mae Salcedo, who is doing sound design and composition. KP Smith, who is doing lighting. Uh, Thomas Geddes, who's doing video design. Um, Gladzy Kay, who is doing our graphic design. And Brianna Johnston, who's our intimacy coach. Yeah. And what's it been like to write for the lunchbox format, which is typically during a noon hour type of a play? Um, I have to be very honest. Like, I, you know, uh, Bronwyn actually approached me with a proposal to um, see, to do a workshop of the show. So, like, the show itself um, has been like 45 to 50 f minutes in length um even in workshop stages so maybe that's what led her to um approach me with this proposal but like i know that she's been actively looking for love stories and and i think i wrote it first as like um just to try it out it was part of the um ibpoc playwrights unit with chromatic theater first and you know, I didn't really have a company in mind when I wrote it. I just wanted to tell the story and it was what it was in terms of length. Um, but I think, you know, like I love that folks are getting like an hour snippet of like this um, epic ride of a love story on their lunch hour but also just to say like that there are also afternoon and evening shows because of the chromatic partnership as well so yeah and how did you get into theater oh <laughs> um i think you know i've been performing since i was a tiny little tot um I was born and raised in the Philippines, and I know that I would just sing and dance at all of the family parties and reunions, and that was kind of like my role in the family is like the the entertainer. Um, and honestly, I truly can't imagine doing anything else in my life. Um, I love 
you know, um, performing obviously was my first love, but now being able to like craft stories and, and, and be part of that process as well as, as well as, um, producing an arts admin as well. Like I truly love every process of theater making and I'm, I'm so grateful to have this, um, honor and privilege to, to be a theater maker. Yeah. All right. I guess uh, this is the end of the interview. Any more to say before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I think thank you so much for having me. And I hope folks come out to see the show. Um, we start previews uh, January 30th and we open February 1st. We've also got something called a brownout night, which is we're really inviting, you know, like folks who identify as Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex, and other um, Black, Indigenous, people of color folks to come out on that night because, you know, it's it's going to be great to be in a space where um, – it's it's a brown story for brown audiences. Not and and just to say that we're not turning anyone away, but just to reflect on if you don't identify as the things that I said uh, uh, earlier, um, like why why are you here? What is the purpose of um, yeah, like you're coming to this particular show, um, and that there's a private reception that's going to happen afterwards to celebrate the work. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Bianca, for your time today, and hopefully we'll see you at the theater. Yeah, thank you so much. Hi, my name is Jenny Kwong for ArtsLink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Kauai. So welcome. Uh, I have on the show uh, Arun Lycra, the playwright for a new play at Vertigo Theater. The play is called Heist. So welcome, Arun. Uh, thanks, Jenny. Pleasure to be here. And so, I guess, tell me, how did the place begin in your mind? How did you think up think up of the play? Well, this all began during the pandemic. Uh, you know, we were surrounded by all this heaviness and darkness, and I just felt I wanted to write something fun, something light, something that I could watch sitting beside my kids or my parents and just have a fun evening together. And then just out of the blue, I got a call from uh, a, a theater director in Indiana, uh, out of the blue. Uh, he had, uh, they had done a show of mine earlier called Sequence. And uh, so this uh, artistic director was just knocked on my door and said that he'd always wanted to, to do a heist show for a stage. Um, his idea was that uh, there's been lots of really good and exciting heist movies, but really nothing for stage. And so... He said that he wanted uh, to commission me to write one, which was great. It was very nice and flattering, and I thought about it. But and then I ended up saying no. Uh, I told him there's, there's a reason no one's done a heist on stage before. You can't do it. Uh, I mean, how can you take a glitzy, multi-million dollar Brad Pitt, George Clooney story and just bring it to a simple stage? So. Uh, in the movies, you know, there's all sorts of cool tricks they can use with camera angles and sneaky editing. Um, you can't do that on stage. And uh, with audiences getting so sophisticated these days, I thought there's no way we could pull something like this off. Uh, so I said no, uh, but uh, he was persistent and persuasive. And at some point, I had a, ger a germ of an idea and uh, then a script. And Next thing you know, uh, Jack Grinas, the artistic director at Vertigo, read the script and he liked it. And 
Next thing you know, we're off to our world premiere. And so how is, it, how is the show coming together with the different elements that you mentioned that are part of a heist movie uh, to be uh, translated to a theater stage? Yeah. It's been fun and exciting and challenging. Uh, our, you know, we're doing our best to try and bring the sizzle and the atmosphere of the Ocean's Eleven franchise to the stage, which allows us to have all kinds of fun with high-tech toys and lasers and drones and, and video projections. Uh, we've we have such a great team. Uh, the, the show is directed by Hasem Kadri, who's a brilliant uh, uh, director and icon of theater in Canada. And uh, we also have such a such a talented cast. And we've all been in the room uh, working together to to try to bring this all all uh, together as it should be. And uh, you know what? I, I think they're going to pull it off. We're still a couple of weeks away from being in front of an actual audience. But uh, just uh, all the, the teamwork and the, the tech is all coming together so beautifully. I actually think it's going to be great. And who are the cast members who will be in the play? Well, we have uh, six of them. Um, so let's see if I can go one by one. So we have uh, Griffin Cork, Anna Diglish. We have Charlie Gould, Pranit Akila, uh, Alex Ariata, and, of course, uh, Eleanor Holt. Uh, so it's a really great group of talented, brilliant actors, and uh, they've needed uh, every ounce of their brain power to, uh, to help to interpret and decipher and bring this uh, script to the stage. And so how did you get into playwriting? Well, pretty randomly, actually. Um, for the last uh, 20-something years, I've had a, kind of a strange dual existence. So uh, by day, I've been a doctor. I'm an ophthalmologist by training. And then uh, I've also been spending some time over the years toggling back and forth between my medical career and my creative pursuits. And uh, so it's been uh, an interesting journey doing both of those. The, the journey has been entirely accidental. Nothing really has been premeditated. But I, I found myself in this situation where I was bouncing back and forth between the medical world and the creative world. And in some ways, I, I feel like the writing side of things has made me a better doctor in terms of uh, understanding patients and communication and developing those empathy skills. And I also feel that the medical side of things has uh, made me a better writer. I get to apply some of those uh, analytical components, the, the, the logic and the methodology uh, to help me to construct these complex, intricately woven uh, scripts. So it, it works in kind of a bi-directional way. I, um, I've had to take a step back from my uh, medical practice because of health issues, but for the last couple of decades, I've really enjoyed bouncing back and forth between these two worlds. And I guess, uh, what is it about the, the thriller or the heist movie that uh, attracts you to this uh, format, I guess? Uh, I think, first of all, I, I just always loved the genre. I, I think it's really exciting. But what I find fascinating is that I have uh, two kids, uh, and my my teenage boy is uh, I mean he's very much in, into the superhero movies and the 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 car chases, the action thrillers, and my teenage daughter uh, is very much into the rom coms. My wife uh, loves her uh, dramatic pieces, and I personally like the, the the thrillers and the comedies. But in that weird Venn diagram of the the, the four of our uh, filmic uh, needs. 
at the middle of that, in the intersection of those four circles, there's only a couple of movies, and, and, and we seem to like heist movies. And so this is something which uh, I feel from our family that uh, can that it's a it's a genre that we really enjoy as a family. And my hope is that uh, in uh, other families, there's a, a similar sort of Venn diagram. All right. Um, any more words to say before we wrap up? Uh, we're at the end of the interview. Uh, nothing specific, I guess. Um, I will just mention perhaps that uh, just for fun, in addition to this whole show we're doing, we've put on a little something special at the end for our audiences. So one of the one of my favorite parts of going to see a, a show like this is the post-show conversation on the way home, where there's lots of deciphering about what happened. Uh, we're actually uh, putting together a bit of a radio show. So on the way home, the drive home experience is that uh, people who have seen the show in the theater can actually play a 10 to 15 minute uh, audio version of what happens after that. So it's just a little something extra we're giving to our audience uh, to, to see if that enhances their experience. All right. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Rune Lycra, for your time today. Thank you, Jenny. I appreciate it. Nice chatting with you. Nice chatting with you. Hi, this is Jenny again. Heist will be on at Vertical Theater at the Calvary Tower from January 27th to February 25th. For more information and to get tickets, visit vertigotheater.com. Thanks for listening. Tune in next month on February 26th to hear co-host Nathan Taylor back in the chair solo. We'll see what he puts together. For more information about ArtsLink and other podcasts, visit www.cjsw.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. Bye. To be, a, you know, I think great at anything, you have to be willing to be a lifelong student. You have to be willing to 